Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Aren't you thankful for the Lamb of God? Aren't you thankful for the perfect sacrifice for all of our imperfect sins? Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful presence of the Lord that I feel here today. And of course, we do have a lot of visitors in the house. And I want everyone just to, to chill. I want everyone to feel relaxed and welcome and comfortable in the house of the Lord. Is that okay? Amen. We are so thankful to have all of our guests. And let's give them a hand clap of welcome. Praise God. Man, good to have Jared and Brittany with us. We are so thankful they're in town. Amen. Devin and Emily, good to see you back there as well. All of our guests, thank you for coming. God is so good. Brianna, good to see you back there. And I start naming names. I get in trouble. Uh, so I'm going to just stop there because it would just make it worse. But I'm just so grateful uh, for the blessings of the Lord that uh, he has bestowed upon us to be here today for another Easter. And it's not real conducive, I don't think, as far as the, the weather goes. But the sun is shining. And that's what's so good. We at least have the sun shining. <laughs> Praise God. So we're thankful for his many blessings that he has bestowed upon us. I do have a couple uh, certificates to hand out to Lucas McManus. We want him to come at this time. He received the gift of the Holy Ghost and was baptized two weeks ago. Isn't God wonderful? God bless you, man. Way to go. Proud of you. Praise God. Amen. His wonderful blessings that he's bestowed upon his people. And you can have the Holy Ghost too. It's the greatest gift that you will ever have. And we are just thankful for that. We believe in it. Amen. If you would turn with me to Luke chapter 24 and verse number 13, we're going to look into the word of the Lord. And this is a little bit more of a, a, little bit more of a lengthy uh, reading that I'm uh, normally comfortable with uh, reading. But I, I think that we need to understand the entirety of the story that's in the text that I'm going to be preaching about today. And it's Luke chapter 24 and verse number 13. And later on, when I refer uh, to these scriptures, I'm going to be reading from a modern uh, translation where we can understand it a little bit uh, easier as I'm uh, going along preaching today. But verse number 13, it says, And behold, two of them uh, went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs away. And that's about seven miles away from them. They talked together of all these things which had happened. It came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days. And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our, our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been uh, he which should have redeemed Israel, and beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And I'm not going to read the next portion of scriptures, but J Jesus basically took them to the word of God and began to teach them some things about what had happened. 
And verse 28, we'll pick up it there. It says, and they drew nigh into the village, whither uh, they went, and he made as though uh, he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, abide with us, for it is, uh, it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Verse 30 says, and it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. Their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us? And they're talking about while he talked with us, by the way, while he opened up the scriptures. Something had burned within them. When he started profoundly displaying his knowledge of the scriptures and telling them exactly what the word said about what had taken place three days prior, The Bible says that their hearts began to burn within them. Something happened. They didn't even know what it was at the time because they didn't even mention it. But once they recognized Jesus, they understood what had happened, what the Word had done in their hearts. And I want to preach for just a little while today simply on the journey of life. Everybody say that together. The journey of life. Amen. Put your Bibles down if you could. And let's just lift our hands toward heaven Let's ask God to speak to our hearts today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your many blessings, Lord. You are great. You are wonderful, Lord. We are so thankful, God, for the guests that are with us today, Lord. I pray, God, that they will feel the presence of the Holy Ghost here, Lord. And I know they already have, God, but I pray that your word will be very clear in our minds and our hearts, God, that we can receive what your word has to say, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one time before the Lord. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. Life is a journey. We know that life has a beginning and it has an ending. And then all the steps that are in between, of course. From the first cry to the final breath, the journey of life is for everyone to experience. No matter what path that you are currently on, and I think that we can all say that we're on various types of paths, it's important to understand that God has a plan and He has a purpose for everyone that is here today. So if your journey has been difficult, obviously there's not a whole lot that you can do about your past. Uh, we cannot reshape it. We cannot go back into the past and, and go a different way. But uh, it, is, it is what it is. But by, by, by God's grace and by His power of His resurrection, I believe with all my heart that we can get on the right path. How many believe that today? Amen. We can get on the right path if we are on the wrong path. So Easter Sunday is a day that we talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a day that we get excited and throughout the world there's celebrations going on about uh, just the, the understanding that Christ is no longer dead, but He is alive. And I believe that if we can embrace this message, if we can have an understanding uh, of the greatness of God, that God is no longer in a tomb, that He is alive, that I believe that God's uh, grace and His mercy can cause our world to be turned upside down for Him. Amen? But can I get a witness that as we are celebrating Easter, that that it is a wonderful way to go in living for the Lord? Can anybody just be a witness to me right now that, you know what, I'm thankful that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm thankful that I know who Jesus 
really is. I'm glad uh, that he's filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Anybody glad you got the Holy Ghost today? Praise God. Praise God. But the travels of life, they have the potential to bring about great abundance and clarity and joy and wonderful things. But unfortunately, there are maybe some people here today that have not chosen a path that is leading to that abundance. And you're not able to experience what you know that God has for you. And so at times we can uh, look at, at the lives of, of not only other people, but mainly our lives, and we can understand that there's times that we can lose our way, and, and we just kind of get wrapped up with the, uh, the, the, the cares of life and the, the toiling and the, the understanding that life is not always easy. Amen? And so we understand that we can uh, start focusing on the incidents and the, the accidents that are all around us, and, and we know that it's not always smooth sailing. It's not always a, an easy way to go, but, but life can kind of engulf us, and, and we can get right up on top of the problems that we are, are experiencing, and we don't know what to do about it. We don't really know how to shake ourselves uh, outside of the, the pattern that we're in, or the maybe the, 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 the place, the, the trench that we found ourselves in, and, and we're not able to really look up and see uh, the hope for a better tomorrow. And so understand that people have a, a realization that, that life is a lot harder than they thought it was. Amen? When you start dreaming as a, a teenager and start thinking about your career and start thinking uh, about your future, you think, well, I want to be, be a brain surgeon or I want to be a, an astronaut or I want to uh, uh, do all these wonderful things that, that uh, we think is the, the highest echelon of society and success, uh, only to realize that, you know what, I may not have the brain uh, to be a brain surgeon or I might not have the ability to be a, a rocket scientist. And so life just kind of levels out and we have an understanding maybe there's someone here uh, uh, that's a brain surgeon or a, or a, a scientist, but I don't think so. Uh, actually, we're close to that, right? I think we do have a scientist here today. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? But other than her... Amen. Well, I think we all just kind of find ourselves uh, in a place of reality and know that, that it's not always according to our dreams uh, and our expectations. And life uh, begins to happen all around us. Uh, we have an understanding that hard, it is harder in life and things are more difficult uh, than we thought it would be. And so uh, many are just existing. Uh, they're trying to make it through another day, uh, another year, another moment. Uh, and I want to tell you something right now. That is not the way we are supposed to live. Uh, amen. That's not the way that we're supposed to live our life. Uh, I believe that we can live a life uh, of abundance uh, and blessings uh, and the glory of the Lord uh, that is upon our souls uh, every day we wake up. Now, I want to be real here. I'm not saying that every day uh, is just a perfect day, that there's no problems. Uh, absolutely not. We have an understanding, uh, amen, once again, that, that that's not the way life is. Uh, there are going to be some challenges along the way. Uh, but when it's all said and done, uh, we can recover quickly. Uh, whatever devastating thing that happens to us, uh, we are able to get right back up the next day uh, and say, to God be the glory. Uh, God is great and greatly to be praised uh, in my life. Praise God. There's just something better that I believe that God has for each and every one of us today. But as we are walking our journey and we have an understanding that, that things are not exactly the way that we thought it would be, we, we begin to get a clue that I don't want to walk this journey by myself. I don't want to be alone on this. I, in fact, I'll say it like this, that I don't think that I sometimes make the best choices 
So I want somebody on this journey with me to keep me in check. I want, I want the Lord with me to make sure that I stay on the straight and narrow, that the, the decisions that I make is not my own, that, you know, from my own lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, or pride of life. Uh, but, God, I want to make sure that you keep me on the straight and narrow, that I, I follow after your plan. I began to look at the text that we are studying about today. There's two men here that we are focusing on that had lost their, their way. They were two discouraged, very disappointed, and disillusioned disciples of Christ. It all began earlier in the chapter. The story begins three days after Jesus was crucified, and a couple of women happened to go to the tomb where he was laid. They noticed that the body had been gone. So they began to report to everybody what had happened, that Jesus was no longer there. Some considered their report suspect, but others followed them to the tomb. And sure enough, they discovered the body was no longer there. Now, I don't believe that everyone was wanting to say that it was a resurrection quite yet. Uh, they thought maybe somebody had stolen the body. They didn't know exactly what was going on, so they were just kind of suspect on, on what to think about this whole empty tomb thing. And two of these men that I believe were disillusioned were the men that were on their way to, uh, uh, from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they began to talk about the, the things that had happened in Luke chapter 24. They began to journey seven miles west of Jerusalem and to make their way. And I, I, don't, I don't have any doubt in my mind that they were just wanting to get away from their problems. All they could think about was the risen Lord that they loved so much and, and he was no longer there. They were upset. They were just disillusioned. They, they were depressed about what had happened three days prior. And so it culminated to the point where now his body was missing. Not only did the Lord not come through as being their ruler and sit on a throne, but he was no longer there. His body was physically no longer in their presence. So they were, they were very upset. They were probably headed out of town. They were clearing their heads. They were talking about uh, what was going on, and they had a lot of this uh, uh, confusion going on. They had suffered long enough. So their hopes and their dreams... Uh, being dashed as they were, they did what a lot of us do whenever there's trouble. You travel. You just get out of town. You kind of get away from your problems, and that's what they were doing. That's where we pick up the story in our text in the modern translation in verse number 14. It says, and they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were there discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this uh, conversation that you're having with each other as you walk? And they stood still, still looking sad. They were still upset about what had taken place. And so as these men were walking, Jesus joins them. But they did not realize yet that it was Jesus. So Jesus walks up to them and he says, what are you talking about here? They say in verse number 18, you must be the only one in Jerusalem that does not know what's really going on here. And so because the, everybody knew about Jesus being crucified, everyone knew not only that he was crucified, but they knew exactly where the tomb was placed in Jerusalem. Verse 21 says, but we trusted or we hoped uh, that it had been uh, he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this today, it's the third day that these things were done. Not only did we think that he'd be on the throne, not only did we think that we'd have a new ruler, but it's been three days and he's still gone. And not only that, his body is missing. So we are not in a good place right now. 
We are taking a journey without our Christ. We are walking down the road here without our Lord and our Savior. No longer do I have hope. No longer do I have passion. No longer do I have dreams about what God was going to do, what Christ this Messiah was going to do. But he is gone. He is no longer by our side. And I believe that there might be somebody here today that you're walking your path and you're just kind of feeling alone, like you're almost on your own. And you don't know, you don't know what the backup is. You don't know what the, the real plan is. You don't know what life is really about. All you know is that you're walking by faith, the faith that you have, you're given to the Lord. But I want you to know right now today that we serve a risen Savior that's wanting to get on your path. And he's wanting to walk with you and talk with you and be with you every step of the way. Praise God. There's a lot of disappointments that can come across in, our, in, a, in a life, across the path of life. Uh, hallelujah. There's times that we see little rays of hope and uh, maybe we see the hand of God here and there. But then there's other times that you don't see the hand of God and you don't see the fingerprints of God uh, all over what's going on around you. Uh, hallelujah. Feel like these men felt that you've been abandoned, uh, that you just kind of feel burned out a little bit on life. Uh, and what burnout basically is, is that the experiences of life uh, don't meet the expectations of life. Uh, you were expecting so much more. You thought things would be different than that, what they are right now. But I want you to know, and you maybe you feel a little burned out here and there, uh, but we serve a God that has a plan. Hallelujah. He knows exactly uh, what he is doing with your life. Can I get an amen? What happened to these men has happened to many people. Experiences, expectations are not quite meshing with what you thought life would be. So some today need to experience, I think, what these men had experienced as they were walking with the Lord. I'm going to go to the end of the story real briefly, but they found a path where Jesus began to walk with them. They understood that God was there by their side, that he was with them, that he cared for them. Uh, and so the revelation of the, the reality of the greatness of God began to shine in their life. Uh, but where did it start? How was, that, how was that faith restored? And, you know, we read the back of the story, the end of the story, and great things had happened. Uh, but how was it that they got to the point uh, where they could get on the right path? How was it that they had enough faith uh, to say, Jesus, I want you on my path. I, I want you to walk with me every day. I began to read this scripture and just dissect the, the passage that we have here. And I think that where it began, where their faith was restored, was by the word of God. It always begins with the word of God. In fact, I want to tell you, if you're having a tough time and trying to find your way, uh, you need to get into the Word of the Lord. Uh, you need to open up the, the, the old-fashioned Bible you have sitting at home, uh, and you need to start reading the Word of God uh, where there is life uh, and righteousness and hope uh, and a true foundation for you. Jesus said it like this in verse number 25. He just got their attention right away. He said, oh, fools, slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. In other words, he's saying you need to listen to the prophets. We, we're going to go, we're going to have a Bible study right now, and we're going to go back to what the Word says. He said in verse 26, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then verse 27 says, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. These men were upset that Christ did not deliver the nation of Israel, that he did not sit on the throne of Israel. 
he, he had a, they had a real problem with that because that's what they pictured. That, their whole mindset was that they would be delivered from the Roman rulership. And so Jesus begins, step by step, begins to tell them about the story of the historical presence of God's presence, amen, or his spirit upon the, the world that they lived in. He began it like this. He said it, uh, we, we're going to go back to Genesis when man had sinned and broken God's promises. Bible says that God promised a deliverer, one who would come and crush Satan's authority, would set them free. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15 uh, is a promise that he would crush, uh, hallelujah, that Jesus Christ would bruise his heel, but he would crush the rulership of de the devil upon the earth. Uh, he said from the very beginning these things began to happen. Yes, uh, you weren't there who sinned and, and failed, uh, but he represented Adam and Eve represented you. Uh, but the Bible says that there would be one that would come a deliverer that would crush the head of Satan himself. Praise God. So no doubt in this little walk that Jesus took them to Genesis chapter 22 uh, when Abraham was commanded by God to take his son, uh, his only son, Isaac, and lay him on the altar as a sacrifice. Uh, and how God provided a, a ram in the thicket that would become the substitute for that, that child. Uh, amen. And we know that this is a, just a, a preview of his own sacrifice uh, upon the cross. Uh, I believe that Jesus took them to Exodus, the book of Exodus. Uh, the two disciples began to understand uh, the, in the book of Exodus back in Egypt reminding them uh, of how the death angel would come over upon the Israelites uh, and they had to slay a spotless lamb and put that blood uh, on the top of the doorpost uh, of their house for when the judgment of God would come uh, upon Egypt uh, they, they saw that the, the, the death angel saw the blood covering uh, that home uh, why was that? it was because they wanted them to understand uh, without the shedding of blood uh, there was no sacrifice uh, amen there was no forgiveness rather. Uh, without the shedding of blood coming down upon that sin, uh, nothing would be eradicated. Uh, and as we heard earlier, that sin uh, would just be pushed another year forward. Hallelujah. When the judgment of God came down, uh, that blood covered them. No, no, no doubt that he talked about the sacrificial systems uh, and how the blood was shed. Why? Because the condition of the world that without the shedding of blood, uh, there was no remission of sin. Uh, not only was that blood applied to the doorpost, uh, but the whole ceremonial system uh, that we have set up is, comes down to blood. Uh, you've got to have blood to eradicate uh, or to push away the sin further down. Uh, and so Jesus probably took them to Psalm chapter 22 and verse number 1, previewing the cross uh, when Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You understand what Jesus was doing? He was taking them through the entirety of the word of God, saying this is a master plan that has been set up from the very foundation of the world. Then finally in Isaiah, we heard it just a little while ago, he was taking them to Isaiah 53, where Isaiah proclaimed, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. So understand these things, that these, these great revelations were being portrayed by God, by Jesus himself, and saying, Here, this is the plan right here. This passion is being restored. Why? Because you know that the word of God is true. And so as they're hearing these words and they're walking with Jesus, they didn't even know who this man was. The Bible says something began to feel like a fire in them. Uh, something began to light up within them. Uh, and I believe that was the experience they already had with God. Uh, that word came alive. Uh, that word breathed life uh, into the soul of those disciples uh, that were dead in their life. 
They felt like there was no hope. Uh, but all of a sudden, the word of God is opened up. Uh, and they start feeling the anointing uh, and the power of God in their life. Let me tell you, church, uh, brothers, sisters, visitors, uh, the only hope you have uh, is in Jesus Christ. Uh, his word is forever settled uh, in heaven and in earth. Amen. By now, these men realized something magnificent was happening to them. They understood that through the 66 books of the Bible, it was almost like a portrait of Christ, uh, that every single book was just uh, slowly framing and coming into clarity. Uh, and we know that what it was, it was Jesus himself. Uh, this whole thing is about Jesus. This is all about Christ. Uh, this is all about redemption. Amen. I hear new converts sometimes say, I can't, you know, I'm trying to read the Bible. Can you give me some tips on, on where to go? And I tell them the scriptures where to go because sometimes they get bogged down in Leviticus and Numbers and they, they start thinking, well, I can't really understand or I don't really understand uh, exactly or comprehend what's going on uh, in the scriptures. But I'll tell you this, uh, you start analyzing and scrutinizing and, and getting into the details of the word of God. Uh, understand Jesus Christ is in those scriptures. So throughout the whole word of God, uh, something was happening that day on that walk uh, to Emmaus. And, and I, I believe that the disciples were probably saying, man, this guy knows his Bible. You know, you'd, you'd think that maybe he wrote it or something or it's about him. Well, that's exactly what it was. He did write the word of God. He was God in flesh from the very beginning. But weaving its way through God's word, there was a scarlet thread symbolizing redemption. It runs throughout every page, I believe, from the beginning to the end. And so if you don't know that this book is about the blood of Jesus Christ, then you don't really have an understanding of exactly what the Word is all about. So if your dreams are, are broken and, and you just don't feel like you're on the path that you ought to be on, we, we serve a God that wants to get you on that path. Amen. In fact, he's a God that's not just going to point you in the right direction and say, good luck to you. He's going to say, I'm going to walk with you. Hey man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you while you're discouraged, and I want to know what's on your mind, and I want to know what you're talking about. I, I want to know about the stress that you're having. Uh, I'm not just going to say, go deal with it, and good luck to you, but I want to be a God that is touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Uh, the very things that you feel, I want to make sure I feel. Uh, I want to have an understanding of what you're going through right now. Amen. Paul said it like this in Colossians chapter 3. In verse 16, he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In other words, let that word, hallelujah, not just be a one-time thing that you feel the presence of the Lord, but let it dwell. Let it, let it linger in you. This living word that comes alive, let it, let it be something that is not just a one-time experience of obeying the, the Acts 2.38 message. But, but every day, Lord, whenever I get up in the morning, I, I know whenever I'm walking with you, God, that, that it's your spirit that's alive inside of my heart. You are the one, God, that is communicating with me. You are the one that cares for me every day. Amen. So what was wrong with these disciples was that they basically did not believe that Jesus was alive. I think that's what's wrong with our world today. Their faith has been shattered. Amen. They want to believe in something. And so they'll have their rock stars and they'll have their entertainers. And they'll elevate them to, to levels that no man could even begin to perform at. And then they one day have that, that revelation 
that they really aren't as great as I thought they were. They fail. They make a mistake. They show that they are just human. And so people get on the wrong path, and they're looking for something to cope with the things of this life. And, and so they'll try the drugs and the alcohol or whatever it might be that there would be a, a, a brief substitute to kind of cover the pain that they're experiencing. While all along the real problem is this. They do not believe that Christ is risen from the dead. And that was the disciples' problem. All of a sudden, they start believing again. They understand that, hey, there's something more to the story. All of a sudden, they start feeling the presence of the Lord when the word is going forth. They, they have a revelation that this wasn't about a ruler that was going to just set up a kingdom somewhere. But it was so much bigger than that. It's so much greater than that. And that's why they got excited within them. It wasn't excitement like, I want, to be a, I want to be close to this man that's on the throne. But something within them started breathing out hope again. Uh, that Your life is going to go way beyond just the, the, the maybe 70 years that you live. But there's going to be eternal promises that, that's going to live beyond the grave. That, that was the excitement that they were feeling. Uh, this is the presence of God himself uh, moving inside of my heart uh, and creating in life again and a hope uh, that God was still alive. So if you're disappointed with uh, life's journey, you feel like maybe things haven't gone as planned and feel like maybe even that God has let you down, I invite you to start begin to understand the freshness of the presence of the Lord that's here today. The Bible says in verse number 28, they started coming close to the village and they were, I mean, they were getting into what was going on and and Jesus was kind of toying with them. He started drawing back, and he started testing them. He said, okay, boys, I'm, I'm going to go my own way now. And he already knew they were excited. They, he knew that something was being breathed inside of their spirit, and they, they started, you know, really, you know, drawing closer to him and wanting to hear what he was having to say. And, and Jesus said, okay, I got to go now. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to go a different way. And, and the Bible says that uh, toward evening that day was far spent, that, that he went into Terry with them because they, they, they urged him. They, they almost begged him. The, the inference in the scripture here in the Greek is that, that they were just almost holding on to him saying, Lo, Lord, please don't leave us. I, you know, you, you've already given us these hopes and the, the dreams that are coming alive again, and we're feeling them in our bones. We feel the, the power coming alive again, and now you're saying uh, that you're going to take another way, but Jesus, he'll only go where he's invited, right? And he's not going to get into a, a situation where he's trying to force himself on anybody, and, and so he just tests them a little bit. He said, I'm going to go a different way. I'm going I'm to just uh, leave you guys right now, and they said, no, please don't do that, uh, and so he started, they started hanging on to him saying go go with us Lord make sure that wherever we go uh, Lord you come with us and in this journey that we're taking we don't want to take another step uh, without you by our side right now uh, and Revelation chapter 3 and 20 says it like this behold uh, I stand at the door and knock uh, if anyone hears my voice uh, and opens a door I will come in uh, it is our responsibility uh, to say God I am opening my heart's door uh, I want you to come in Lord uh, I want your presence in my my life. Uh, I want to breathe again. Uh, I want the power of God, uh, that anointing fire uh, to start flowing in my heart again, Lord, uh, because I know as long as you are on the journey uh, with me, uh, everything is going to be all right. Uh, as long as I know, God, when I wake up, uh, you're on that path with me. Uh, I can make this thing. Uh, I can live a glorious uh, and abundant life in you. Amen. These men had to ask, come and stay with us. 
just come and stay with us. We got plans for tonight. Lord, I, Lord, we're making plans where you are in the middle of the plans. Amen. I'm not going to make plans of my own, God, but I want you in them. I want to make sure that my plan is your plan. I don't want to go off just in a different direction without you, Lord. I, I want to make sure that this evening is set up with you. I want to make sure my journey has you by my side. Oh, hallelujah. That's why you're here today. You made plans to be in Sunday service on Easter here today. Amen. Because you planned it out. You want him by your side. Verse number 30 says, and he said, me with them. He took the bread. Now, don't miss this right here. It says, and he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. Down to verse number 35, it says, they knew him in the breaking of the bread. They realized who it was that was breaking the bread. Now, the word already breathed life. Understand that. They already knew that something, they, they had an understanding and a comprehension that they missed the whole thing as far as the Messiah goes. But they still had not recognized who Jesus was. But in the breaking of the bread, could it be the nail, cru- the, 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 the spikes, the holes in the hands that was caused by the spikes that they recognized? Wait a minute. I recognized the holes in those hands. I recognize this Jesus. I don't know exactly how. Maybe it was the way he prayed. Maybe it was the way he looked. Or maybe it was something that, that reminded them at the, the Last Supper when he broke the bread. I don't know exactly how they recognized him, but they did recognize him. But more importantly than that, he showed up at just a regular time. In other words, Jesus shows up. It doesn't have to be in church. You could leave here today, and you could be driving down the road to eat your Easter dinner. And the presence of the Lord could come inside your car. You know, you, you could get up tomorrow morning and just be real droggy and trying to, you know, shake yourself awake. And, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up at that very moment. You know, you could be breaking bread later on. And all of a sudden, uh, you feel the power and the glory of the Lord uh, that comes upon you. Uh, and you just want to shout into God with the voice uh, of triumph. Uh, there's just something where God shows up at uh, the normal times. Uh, he just shows up and says, here I am. Uh, I am here to help you uh, on your path that you are walking right now. Praise God. That moment, they realized it was Jesus. I know some translations try to, you know, just use a, a metaphor and say, well, he really didn't disappear. But the Bible says that, that he just disappeared from, from their sight. And they say, well, you know, you don't have to spiritualize all that stuff. It's a little supernatural, you know, for you to go to that, that you know, you're going a little too supernatural. No, this is the thing. Jesus can come and go when he wants. In order to believe in the resurrection, you've got to believe in the supernatural. Come on now. It's not, if, if you can't believe that he, he disappeared in that room, you can't believe that he rose from the dead. The reason why I'm making this point is because Jesus can show up whenever he wants to. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care the problem you're having right now. All you have to do is just call upon the name of the Lord and Jesus shows up. Hallelujah. He is in control of everything. He's telling those boys, he says, disciples, uh, it's not just the physical that I'm with you right now. It's my spirit. Uh, It means that whenever I leave here and I'm ascending up into heaven, uh, I will pour out my spirit uh, upon all flesh. Uh, I don't have to be here in the flesh uh, for me to make a difference in your life. Uh, Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody, God wants to make a difference uh, in your life today, uh, but you got to get on the right path. 
you got to get on the right path and say, God, I want you on that path with me. Amen. When you feel alone, you feel abandoned, he is there no matter what. There's a lot of promises in the Word of God, and we can start thinking about them. We can say, well, probably the greatest promise that we, he was ever given, uh, that we were ever given, was that, that, we could be, that we could be forgiven. And that's a great promise, and I'm thankful for that. But that's not the greatest promise. That's not the most prevalent promise in the Word of God. You might be thinking, well, you know, the greatest promise is that we have the promise of eternal life, that we'll be, we'll be in, the, in heaven for eternity. It's a wonderful promise, but that's not the greatest promise. The greatest promise that we have been given in the Word of God over and over again is this. I am with you. Hallelujah. No matter where you're at, no matter what your problem is, I am with you. But Lord, you just disappeared, yeah? But I can reappear. It means that it's not about the physical. It's about my spirit. That no matter where you're at, here I am. Praise God. He shows up in the, in the, the, the face of a child. He can show up on a, on a beautiful a sunrise in the, in, the, in the early in the morning. He can show up in the midnight hour when things are dark and dismal and you don't know where to turn to. You don't have nobody to talk to. Uh, I'm going to tell you, you've got a God that's got an ear that's inclined to your, your, your thoughts uh, and your desires uh, and your heartache and your pain. Uh, we serve a God that is great, uh, and he is to be greatly praised uh, by his people right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. We serve a wonderful Savior. We serve a wonderful God that is by our side. Amen. Every time we recognize him, every time we realize uh, that we're in the midst of trouble, hallelujah, when we call upon the name of the Lord, just like the disciples, uh, and we start reading the word of God, something begins to well up inside of us. Uh, hallelujah. We know this is something outside of the hype and uh, the, the, the feelings and the emotions, uh, but this is the word of God that tells us uh, that God will never leave us, uh, nor will he ever forsake us. Hallelujah. Amen. As the praise team comes. At that very moment, they're, giving a re they're, they're given a renewed courage. Something wells up in them and they know, oh, we've been missing the whole thing. We forgot. We forgot the words of Jesus. But we saw the miracles. Yes, we did. We saw him, we heard the words that he taught of eternal life. Yes, we did. We heard all those things. We saw those things. But we forget that he said that I will be with you till the very end. I'm not here to build up a kingdom. You know, I'm not here to give positions to everybody right now. I'm just here to give myself to you. I'm just here to walk the journey of life with you every day that is my whole intended intended purpose is that i'll be with you till the very end of your life the bible says that something awoke in those disciples something came alive and the bible says that they went back to jerusalem where they started every now and then we need to go back to the very basics and where we started. And the reason why is because life can get us very distracted. And it's not long before we take this way and we think, well, that's not veering off too far from 
from the, the path, but then we take another path, and we pretty soon we wake up one day, and we're thinking, where, how did I end up where I'm at? That was these disciples here. How in the world did we end up seven miles from Jerusalem? We were just going on a walk. We were disillusioned. We didn't know what was going on around us. How did we get here? What are we doing here? All the actions in Jerusalem. Christ is in Jerusalem. When he disappeared, they realized, hey, he's, he's not here. He's, he's back with the disciples. So they went back to where they first started. Every now and then, we all need a new beginning in our life. I don't care how long we've been walking with the Lord. I don't care how long we've been serving Him. Every now and then, we just need to wake up one day and say, you know, I need to go back to where I, I was. We heard some incredible preachers this week at youth convention. And let me say this, and I failed to do this earlier. I am so thankful for our chaperones. Amen. Brother Adam, Sister Gina. Vanessa, Hannah, Nathan, Jalen, and Savannah. Thank you to every one of you. Thank you. We heard some preaching, didn't we? Oh, my word. You see, sometimes we just have to go back. We were challenged by Brother Jackson. I was. I mean, I, I was talking to some adults after the youth convention. We were walking out, and I said, boy, we were talking, man. He stepped all over, right between the eyes. You know, in a kind, loving way. He's probably my favorite preacher right now. He's a good preacher. He's right up there with Jeff Arnold. He's a good one. And we're going to be having him for Section 4 Youth Week next year. Incredible. And when you hear his story, you'll... I mean, I already thought he was just a great man of God, but the man was abused as a kid. He just went through terrible things. But one thing he challenged us, he said, go back to your... the beginning... That's what I was getting out of it. Remember how you used to pray. Remember how you used to seek after the things of God. Remember the hunger that you had. And my mind went back to when I was 15, 16 years old. I mean, I loved sports. I loved the weights. I loved all that stuff. I liked pretty girls. I was just your normal average American male. But I'll tell you one thing that I love more than anything is I love to pray. And I remember at night, I try to keep it down as best I could. And I'm not saying anything because my goal is to go back to that passion. I remember I tried to be quiet whenever I'd pray because I didn't want to disrupt or become an attention getter. But I remember being at the foot of my bed and just praying and seeking God and being passionate. I'd whisper passion to the Lord. And I'd believe Him for great things. Amen. Sometimes we need to go back to the beginning where we started. Sometimes we need to remember when we were a kid or a teenager or a young person or where we found the Lord and remember that place when we were touched by God and God got a hold of our hearts. I would to God that maybe you can find a place today, wherever that was, that you remember that God would just come down in a mighty way and speak to your heart. Could we find that place again? Maybe, maybe we could go back to the Jerusalem experience. Say, Lord, just renew that spirit within me. 
renew what I had before God. I want to see you in the light that I see you right now. To where all of a sudden, you feel like fires inside your bones. And that's what the disciples did. They were on the wrong journey. They were on the wrong path. But Jesus showed up. He said, come on. Let me walk with you for a little bit. Let me, let me talk to you. Let me share my word and words of eternal life. Let me expound some things of eternity into your spirit. And as soon as those words, those eternal words start being spoken, whew, feels like fire shut up in my bones. And not long after that, they recognized Jesus and said, please follow me. Please get on the path that we're on. Show me which way to go. And that is the desire of Jesus today. Is He wants to show you the path that you should be on. As we stand together. Amen. We're going to lift our hands to the Lord in a moment. But I wonder if maybe there's a place in this building that you remember where the Lord just came down and spoke to your heart. Maybe it was a place where you felt that fire and that presence of the Lord like you've never felt before. Maybe you're on a path that's a little bit removed from it. You don't remember it. I already told you I, I'm kind of removed from that, that passionate every morning prayer that I had or every night prayer that I had. Amen. I, we all could get to that place where we kind of get off the, the perfect path that God would have us to be on. That passion, that excitement. So I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not saying you're back, backslidden. But if maybe the, the desire is there and you just want to find Him again, why don't you find a place to pray right now? Why don't you find a place where you can say, Lord, I, I don't understand all this. I don't know what's going on in my life, God, but I do want Your presence in my life. I want Your Spirit, Lord, to saturate my spirit. Could we find a place right now as we lift our hands to the Lord and we get to praise Him in this journey of life? Can we just say, God, I want to get back on that path, Lord. I want to go back to Jerusalem. I want to go back to the place where I began, Lord. I've been on the wrong path for long enough, Jesus, but i I got to get back to where I was before. I want to see You, Lord, high and lifted up, God. I want to see the glory and the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost, Lord, in my life. Can we go back right now? In Jesus' name, thank you, Father.